Welcome to the LTG Live Podcast, a podcast focused on the topics and issues most relevant to leadership and youth ministry. We hope you end this episode feeling equipped and inspired to take your leadership to the next level. Hey, welcome guys. Good to see everybody. That's logging on right now. Peter, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Life is good. How are you? I'm good. I'm I'm quarantined here in Poconos, Pennsylvania. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, a bunch of people logging on right now. It's good to see people. And um, Peter, thanks for being my co-host. Uh, not Absolutely. just today, but for weeks to come. Right? We're, we got some yeah. things um, that we just feel like God's put on our heart that we can share and and just partner together. Um, yeah. what a crazy moment in history we're living. And I think this is a moment where like the body of Christ needs one another more than ever before. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's going to be cool. Absolutely. So a bunch of people logging on, Hey, introduce yourself. And, uh, you know, in the, in the comments there, tell us who you are, tell us where you're from. Um, you know, and, uh, maybe what you do, maybe you're a youth pastor, maybe you're a lead pastor, your ministry leader, and, um, and you're just, or maybe you're just a communicator. Right. And, uh, so I see Quentin there. Good to see you, buddy. And, What's up, uh, bro? Yeah, man. Good to see you. And uh, we're going to get started here in just about a minute, but excited to engage with you and uh, answer questions and uh, make some, maybe some new connections as well. And uh, so, Peter, real quick, introduce yourself uh, for those who might not know who you are. I'm assuming most people do, but, you know, you never know. Yeah. Yeah. My name is Peter Reeves. I'm the next gen pastor at Mount Hope Church. Uh, in Lansing, Michigan. And so I uh, got the opportunity to help steer uh, our next gen ministries, our youth, young adults, and kids. And uh, yeah, man, I'm super excited. Aaron is uh, one of my uh, biggest supporters and heroes in ministry. And uh, he was my professor. And uh, we're good friends today. So <laughs> there's a reason why I lost all my hair. And it, it wasn't just my three teenagers. It was also uh, having students like Peter in my class. No, man, I love you, bro. And uh, I'm excited to partner with you in this. And this is something we're going to be doing weekly, right? And yeah. so I'll just say yeah. now, next week, Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, we're going to be on again. And uh, we'll tell you the topic at the end of this call. But uh, see some more people logging on. Eric, how you doing? Reggie, Sam. Um, yeah, Dylan. Eric is my guy, man. I love you. Oh, yeah, good. Good, good, good. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Good. Well, hey, just keep introducing yourself on the comments and um, we're going to we're going to jump in here. We're going to talk 10 tips on how to speak uh, or maybe little tweaks to make for speaking to an online audience. Right. And I don't I don't know about you, Peter, like this, um, this whole virus quarantine and, you know, no live preaching. And I, I love to preach in a, to a live audience. I think you do as well. But like this is a game changer. Right. So absolutely. So just before we jump into the tips. How uh, how has this affected you as a communicator, right? Like like how much? Or here's the question I really want to ask, and and not just to you, Peter, but to to everyone who's watching right now. Com you can comment on this question. Um, how much um, do you do you find that you benefit from speaking to a live audience? You know, like like what's the, it's a big difference, isn't it? Right. I had no idea how much I really relied on it um, until I didn't get the opportunity to, to do it, you know, to right. feed off the energy of the crowd, to to try to uh, kind of figure out, like, how do I need to slow uh, down? Do I need to speed up? What do I need to do? Do I need to make a joke right here to capture their attention? It's really hard not getting that feedback as yeah. a communicator. So this time has been really difficult. And this topic is super relevant to communicators. So, yeah, yeah. I, I read a I read a really interesting blog post earlier this week by uh, Carrie Newhall. 
Hoff, and he's just you know an incredible thought leader in our in the in the church world today. And he used the phrase, um, I don't get it right. He used the phrase invisible feedback loop, right? Like yeah. like you and I have like an invisible feedback loop whenever we're speaking to a live audience, and it's what you were just saying, like speed up, slow down tell a joke, dig deeper, change your tone, you know, speak louder, speak softer, right? I see you're plugging your computer and you're like, your battery's almost yeah. dead, right? <laughs> it Another, is. I was like, oh my gosh, so what is going on? Bonus tip, when you're speaking online, make sure you plug your computer in. <laughs> People, the simple things, the simple yeah, things. The simple things. So well, let's jump into the tips. Um, I'd love to hear from those of you that are watching right now in the comments, um, what are some of the challenges that you're ex experiencing in making the transition to communicate to an online audience? Um, and you can just put it in as a challenge or you can put it in as a question because we want to interact and dialogue and try to help one another. Um, you might even have some good tips to add to our list. I'm sure that our list is not exhaustive, but here we go. Let, let's roll through it. We're going to go through the first five tips and then and then we'll take a break for some questions. Right. So here, here's tip number one. Um, tip number one is keep it authentic. Keep it authentic. So unpack that for us, Peter. What, what, what does that mean? Keep it authentic. Yeah, I, I think authenticity is where the power is out, man. People can tell uh, when you're a communicator and you're communicating thoughts that aren't yours, right? Like people are like, come on, bro. That's not you. Uh, you know, like if you're a guy, you know, who speaks very proper and, uh, you know, you have a very extensive vocabulary and they're like, yeah, for sure, for sure, right? Like people can know <laughs> that it's not you. And uh, I think what draws people in is when they realize like, wow, this is this person, this is who they are. And they're not stretching uh, to communicate and to share their thoughts this way, you know, in this way. And I think when there's authenticity to it, it's a little effortless, right? Cause it's like, you, you know, that this is you, you're not uncomfortable. You don't have to try to think about how someone else would do it. Like this is genuinely yeah. who you are. I don't know. What are your thoughts about that? Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, to add, to add on to that, I, um, and maybe even contextualize it a, a bit um, from for my purposes. I'm um, like, I think authenticity is ringing very loud and clear in the culture of what we're facing right now, right? Absolutely. And so you, you know, like like people need genuine and real and authentic more than they've ever needed it before. And so in even in an online setting, you allowing that to come across, you being genuine, authentic, um, on a very technical communicator side, it's going to it's going to make your tone more empathetic. It's going to make you come across more understanding, right? It's going to help you connect with an audience of people that are, that are quarantined, right? And so, um, now I, I think I think it's huge, right? You know, just you know, be authentic, right? And this applies probably to a live setting as well, but especially right. in an online setting. Yeah, definitely. Uh, point number two is keep it personal. Keep it personal. Mm. Uh, so, Aaron, please share with us how do we keep it personal when communicating to an online audience? So this is probably one of the one of the biggest challenges, right? Because when you are used to communicating, speaking, teaching, whatever to a live audience, you you and we and you and I reference this just kind of right at the top. Um, you don't realize how much you um, are personal through eye contact, through seeing the face of someone, so through right. seeing their response, right? Um, and uh, so now you don't have that. That's gone. You have no audience per se. All you have is a camera lens. <laughs> and for most of us, it's not this big. It's it's like this. It's a, right, it's, a, a it's a webcam, like the little green light I'm trying to look at, you know, right now. Right. Um, 
And so when I say keep it personal, when you say keep it personal, I think what we mean is you need to visualize the faces of the people that you're right. talking to instead of just focusing on there's no audience and I'm just staring into this little red, this little green dot. Um, I need to see the faces of the people. I need to fa see the faces of the students that I'm pastoring. If you're a youth pastor, the people I'm pastoring, if you're a lead pastor. Um, yeah. and, and you know what? And you might even want to like put a couple of their pictures somewhere <laughs> just yeah. so you can see them. Like these are your people that God has called you to lead and God has called you to pastor. So that's what I mean when I say keep it personal. Um, add, add to it. Yeah, I think keeping it personal um, is, is so valuable because I, I want to hear from someone who has been through what they're talking about. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I want them to reference personal stories. Um, I think uh, when you ref when you keep it personal, you're able to text take what was complex and make it simple so that the listener or whoever's listening, the audience can take yeah. it away and apply that principle later. Um, Michael Todd is one of my favorite communicators right now. He's awesome. And every time, every time he talks about him communicating um, outside of obviously preaching from the pulpit when he's doing a leadership talk or something, he gives us insight into the person that he's specifically thinking about speaking to. And then he contextualizes his message to personally speak to that one person, hoping it'll reach tons of people. And yeah. uh, I feel like even, mo even more right now, that's so true that we have to envision and imagine who exactly is, am I speaking him. to yeah. so that I can communicate it in a personal way. Uh, yeah. I even have another thought um, from Judah Smith. Judah said, he said, the, the community that I'm sharing with, these are my brothers, my sisters, my mother, my father, right? As scripture tells us to see people. And he said, so I don't want to sound extremely uh, just educational. This isn't a teaching. This is a, a message. I want I wanted to inspire them. And I got to use my That's story. That's so good. To do That's that. so good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I love it. Hey, yeah. those of you that are that are that are engaging with this live right now, um, if you got questions, you got comments, go ahead and pop them in there into the comments. We'd we'd love to hear what you're thinking. We'd love to hear some of your questions, some of your challenges. And if you got friends that you feel like, man, I wish you know one of my buddies was on watching this, he would really benefit from this. Then you know, then get, you know, share it. You know, it'd be great. Share it on Facebook. Share it on YouTube. We're streaming live to both platforms right now. Um, let's keep rolling through these tips, Peter. P tip number three. Yeah. Uh, is keep it short, <laughs> keep it <laughs> short. And, and I think this really applies to the online audience, right? Cause if, yes. if you're a, a good communicator, you can, you can probably hold a live room for maybe, you know, 20, 30, 40 minutes or longer. Right. But, yes. but in an online audience, even the best of communicators, you know, it's a different time frame. So un unpack that for me a bit. Yeah. Keep it short, be brilliant, um, be bold, be brief. Right, right Love now, people, man, videos and uh, things that are people that are content creators on social media understand that they have about um, maybe three to five minutes to really hold an audience's attention, and they need to capture that audience's attention in the first seven seconds. Right? Yeah. So it's like this: this keeping it short tip is not. Uh, because we don't want to hear you communicate. It's because you want to leave your audience wanting more. You want to be able to um, unpack your thought. Yeah. You want to unpack your thoughts in a way that's like a, like a, a bite size, uh, you know, like a little, no one just wants to eat a whole pack of cookies. You just want to give them one cookie. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, I, and, uh, I thought you were thinking chicken nuggets. I, I went Chick-fil-A <laughs> on you for a second. I was right. <laughs> and just for, just for students, right? Like, man, their attention span is short. Uh, the George Barner group tells us it's shorter and shorter. Uh, with every generation, and so if we're trying to capture them, we gotta be short and uh, yeah, and, and brilliant in those in those short minutes. What what do you think? 
Well, I, th- I think now with, with us being forced to go online, when even if you didn't want to go online, um, you have the opportunity to, instead of think like weekly message or weekly sermon, think daily dose. Come on. Right? Like, I'm just going to take my 30-minute so message and break it down. And that's not just true for youth pastors that are watching, but even for lead pastors, you you have opportunities now to experiment with different time frames, right? Um, right. Here, here's another thought for you. Online audiences are, are more rude than live audiences because if you're in a live audience and you're bored and you want to leave, you have to actually physically get up and walk out of the room. <laughs> in, a, in an online audience, I just have to swipe or I just have to click, and you know, like, and no one's ever going to know. So I think right. it, it emphasizes this whole idea of keep it short, right? So speaking of keeping it short, let's 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 keep on going through our list here. Um, tip number four: uh, keep it unpolished, unpolished, wow. unproduced, right? Yes. Unlike like uh, elevation level, <laughs> right? Like like they can do that and do that well. So this is not at all, you know, any, yeah. any slam against. But even them. even them, they're releasing some stuff that's a little low, like lower quality, not as yeah. produced. Um, it's really refreshing. Jimmy Fallon, right? Shooting from really re- refreshing. All of those unpolished things. And I think when we say keep it unpolished, Peter Reed's plugging, saying, his, plugging into his computer during <laughs> the live, you know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think people can tell when it's overproduced and uh, then it doesn't come across genuine. And so, especially in these times when people are at their home, uh, nobody's getting dressed up. People are in their PJs, right? A professional on top, a party on the bottom. They are, (laughs) everyone's kind of just relaxed. Like they want to see something um, that is straight from the heart. My my favorite videos to watch right now are by this dude named Simon Sinek. And his videos are shot off his iPhone and he's walking around and there's no stabilization. But the content, what he's sharing is so valuable. It doesn't matter. I think being unpolished right now take allows leaders and perfectionists to take a deep breath and just say, hey, just get it out there. Your students want to hear from you. Your right. leaders want to hear from you. Your voice matters. Share your well, thoughts with us, Aaron. Well, I'll just, just add on one last thought to what you said You're, when you said your voice matters. Um, people right now want to hear from their pastor, from their youth pastor, from their spiritual father, their spiritual mother. And so they just, they want, they just want genuine they just want real and they want to know that you're there they're not expecting you to produce it at a a viral level of production and and for and you and i both know that stuff that goes viral online typically isn't well produced anyways right so what's number five number five is keep it transparent keep it transparent and i love that aaron what you've been saying is super helpful share with us your thoughts about keeping it transparent well um you know, you, you just kind of referenced it. So you, you kind of partially unpacked this one already, which was great. So um, don't try to recreate what everyone knows is already missing. So what I mean by that is like everyone's Whoa. at home, everyone's quarantined every, you know, like most, most it's okay. So for all the pastors out there that are, you know, in like a smaller or mid-sized church, and this is, you know, post some serious challenges and problems when it comes to live streaming or whatever. I don't know that you necessarily need to feel the pressure to, be standing on your stage and be trying to recreate what your live church setting looks like. Yes. Right. Yes. So now, the, and there's two schools of thought on this and I recognize that. So one school of thought is that people, people are craving normality right now. And so it could be good for you to be on your stage so that people feel like, Oh, it just feels normal. Right. And that's okay. If you, if you choose to do that. But I think the other school of thought is to say, I don't need to pressure myself or my staff or my church that, 
I got to go buy a bunch of equipment. I got to go buy cameras and I got to buy microphones and I got to buy lights and I got to figure out how to do all of this. You know, I'm just going to keep it transparent. We all know what's going on. We're stuck at home. Right. I'm sitting on my couch with my family. My son's getting ready to shoot me with a Nerf gun over there. <laughs> my dog's howling in the background, you know, like it's okay. It's what everyone is going through right now. And so, so keep it transparent. Um, if right. you can do production well, then go ahead and do it well. But if you can't, keep it unproduced and keep it transparent. Right. Agreed. I think too, like I I, I really enjoy uh, some of the church communities that have recreated, like just been transparent by recreating the experience they know people are having. So like with their announcement videos or with even like where they shoot, like you just talked about, like they're shooting from the pastor's home. Their announcement video isn't them greeting each other in the church par parking lot. It's like a mom right. making eggs, right? Like it's like kids <laughs> sitting on the couch with cereal, right? Like they're recreating what people are actually experiencing. And I, I just think if you were to stream, I've been streaming from my home for our youth ministry. People want to see where I live. They want to see into our lives. Yep. They they want to see uh, the 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 baby puffs that my uh, you know son dropped on the floor and that we haven't vacuumed in two days, right? Like they want to see that because they want to take a breath and go. Wow, they're normal. And I think Real, that, that normal. giving people a window, right? Transparency is being able to see through, giving people a window into what your dailies actually like and what your yeah. environment really is, is so powerful. Yeah. I think just by saying, hey, I'm at home thinking about you, that statement alone creates margin for your leaders to go, wow, this leader, it. this leader's serious. They're genuine. Yeah. All right. So let's let's take some questions here. There's a question here from uh from Jessica. And um, so Jessica is saying, hey, hey, Jessica, hopefully you're still watching. Peter, uh, go ahead and hit this question real quick. Um, Jessica is saying, any tips on doing youth group via Zoom? So I don't know. If, yes. if you, are you using that platform in your youth yes, group? Yes, I'm, at your church I'm using, using it? Zoom. Okay, yes, so absolutely. unpack just a couple quick tips for Jessica real quick. Uh, quick tips. Uh, number one, mute everyone upon entry. That's key. Okay. <laughs> mute everyone upon entry. And uh, what we've been doing is we've really been um, – having different leaders create different Zoom hangouts. Uh, because after you get 10 people in a Zoom call, it's really hard to communicate and to hear them communicate um, their thoughts, their feelings, their check, you know, as we're checking yeah. in with them. So I would say use different leaders to, to create different uh, opportunities for people to tune in. If you're doing a teaching straight through Zoom, that's fine. Allow everyone to enter in, make sure everyone's mic is muted, um, and then go ahead and share your thoughts and people can type in questions and things like that. I think it is a great platform. It's better than anything else I've tried to use, uh, you know, Google Hangouts, Party, whatever, all that stuff. Um, so I think it's a really great platform. I think you can maximize it if you pay for the paid version and use the breakout rooms and the, the chat rooms and things like that. Um, so I think it's, I think it's great, honestly. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of, a lot of stuff floating around online too, about, you know, zoom bombing and people getting links and stuff. And so oh, the you, security, can take, yeah. you can take security, you know, uh, measures in the background. You can, you can set stuff up for like online protection and password protection and a waiting room where everyone goes into the waiting room first and you can admit Perfect. them one at a time and you can do things like that. Um, so yeah, some, some good tips there. There's a bunch of really good games out too. You know, like I think Jackbox, is a good online gaming company, turn the family filter on, and then you can share games and do it through Zoom. And I, I know some youth leaders and even some pastors that are doing like Zoom prayer meetings, Zoom lobbies yeah. for their Sunday morning church experience. Um, I know youth pastors that are doing um, Zoom screen sharing of their church's Sunday morning live stream. Um, and all the kids are able to use the Zoom chat to kind of have a virtual seating area for their students That's on Sunday morning. 
Um, yeah. you, know, you know, there's some fun stuff there. So um, let's, uh, this isn't really a question, but Luke's making a comment here. And I just thought you could unpack it for a minute before we go on to the next five tips. So um, Luke is saying, hey, online audience, not a, not a weekly long message, but shorter daily dose. Um, Peter, what what do you just add some thoughts to that? Maybe we'll just unpack that a little bit more for those that are that are watching or for Luke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think for the for the week long message, like that's just how we've been conditioned to prepare, and, and and for the daily dose, that that is just more intentional. Maybe ask yourself every single week, what is the question I'm really trying to answer, um, and what what is it that I really want to communicate? What do I want the students to know? What do I want them to do? And I, I think that allows us to to kind of make it a little bit shorter and to just give them a daily dose. Like this is going to help them right now today. Right. When you say the word daily dose, I think of medicine, right? Like you don't just chug a whole bottle of Robitussin, right? You, you look at the, you look at the recommended and you take a small dosage of that enough to help you for the day. And so right. I think it's the same thing with our communication. I'm not saying you have to go live or prepare a sermon for every day, but take that message that you're conditioned to prepare and say, you know what, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm going to roll out these thoughts and allow yeah. students to be engaged. And I also believe that this helps students create conversation around what you're saying specifically, right? Like that's the yeah. goal for social media right now. It's not just to get likes and, and for people to say, oh, this is cool to share it, but to create conversation. So that's why I think yeah. that's awesome. It's about engagement. It's about engagement. Yeah. It's, about, it's, it's yeah. not about it. It's not about how many views or how big the audience is. It's about how well people are engaging and people engage right. differently in, in an online setting, right? So again, let, let's jump into the second set of tips, right? 10 tips. So we're going to go through six yeah. through 10 here real quick. And again, those yeah. of you that are watching right now, if you jumped on late, um, you know, introduce yourself in the chat, tell us who you are. Um, and uh, we're talking 10 tips for speaking to an online audience. We already did the first five. Yeah. If, if you missed that, you can scroll back and you want to watch the video later. Um, and, uh, we, we want to, we want to engage with you. We want to answer questions. So, you know, put your questions in the chat, shoot us some messages. We'd, we'd love to love to do that. So here's number six, Peter, um, keep on working, keep on yes. working. Right. So yeah. I'll that for us. Yeah. I think this is more of, uh, an attitude than the, just a tip. Keep on working is, you know what, no matter how great or, or how bad I think the, the last stream that I just did was, I'm going to stay locked in to perfect my craft. I yeah. think keep on working is, uh, man, it's it's who you are. It's saying, you know what? I'm going to get back at this and I'm going to make sure that I stare at this green light. I'm going to make sure uh, that my <laughs> <Try>. information, <laughs> as I try, I'm like staring at this green light. Anyway, as my... Uh, I, I, as I continue, I'm going to continue to improve, right? It's a, it's a mindset. It's a mentality. I'm going to keep continuing to grind uh, because I have to, my students are needing to hear the voice of their pastor. Yeah. What would you say? Yeah. Well, and I, I, so I'll give you some practical tips because that was very inspirational. Yeah. So let me get practical. Um, watch your videos back, you know, get Perfect. some feedback. Yeah. Um, um, if listen, I know it's painful for us as communicators to, to watch ourselves or listen to ourselves speak. You're not but like, Oh, it's right. But if, like if if you can't stand watching yourself, why would anyone else? <laughs> you know what I mean? Just just think about it. like I'm I you know as a pastor no. we all have so many insecurities, right? I'm so glad yeah. that I'm not like an uh, and <clears throat> excuse me an NFL football um quarterback, right? I mean, not that I wouldn't mind the paycheck, but like those dudes get hammered by their coaches week in and week out, every little detail, and. Um, and so I think sometimes we just as communicators, especially in an online setting, when you're when you're moving to a new platform, just, you know, you got to watch yourself back and you got to You got to gain some feedback. Right. Um, number seven. Keep what it is it? Responsive. 
keep it, keep it, it responsive. responsive. That's what I we're trying to do right now. A, keep it responsive. Yeah. This is such an awesome point. Can you unpack it for us though? Yeah. So, um, when I, I think keep it responsive on, on, uh, on a practical sense, it's, it's encouraging engagement, encouraging questions, online audiences. Again, they're going to engage differently with your content. So like, unspoken rules. If I'm speaking in a live setting, I'm going to talk, you're going to listen. And I know you're paying attention because you're quiet in an online setting. It's almost the exact opposite in an online setting. It's, I know you're engaged when you're sharing, when you're liking, when you're clicking, when you're asking, when you're making comments. Right. And so you, mm. you want to engage the responsiveness of it. And then on the spiritual sense, and I'll let, I'll just say this and I'll let you unpack it, Peter, like, and, and we're going to talk about this in a minute as well, but like, don't be afraid to give an altar call. Don't be afraid to ask people to respond yes. with a, a virtual hand raise or with a yes. You know, like if you want to accept Jesus right now, you know, type the word yes into the chat, right? Like I just you unpack that. Cause what I'm hearing from guys like you and other evangelists and other pastors across the country is that they're seeing record numbers of people receive Christ through online experiences you know, mm -hmm. we're, we're coming up on Easter weekend. So for some of you, this might be that boost of encouragement to say, I can give an altar call online. Uh, unpack it. Go ahead. Yeah. I say, don't take your foot off the gas in any of the next steps you would want your students to make in your live brick and mortar setting. Um, for us, I'm telling, I encourage every youth pastor, every leader, simply get a link tree. We use link tree for our next mm. steps. And what we do with that is, man, there's different, there's different links that they can click on. They only have to go to that one link tree link and they can click on a digital connection card, which we made in, in Google mm. Forms or planning center. And now they're able to click and say, yes, this, and we have 12 different next steps because we, you know, baby steps are still steps forward. And even uh, if that's what we're trying to yeah. do. Right, even yeah. if they're online. And so, yeah. I mean, even with salvation, right? It's like, hey, after the stream, go ahead and DM us your number and a leader will FaceTime you so they we can actually lead them uh, to Christ face-to-face, -face, even if it's online. Like the, I think next steps are such a powerful uh, part of what we do as leaders. And so we can't take our foot off the gas pedal. We got to keep allowing students yeah. to make those strides. And I would say even this, even on the stream, like I'm asking my leaders, not just to, not just to comment, right? Like I do want to hear your voice, please comment. But also look at someone else who's in this comment or like the post and and tag them and ask them yeah, a question. So if I good. posted something and you and you said, you know, and you liked it, I would say, at Aaron, why does this speak to you? At Aaron, what does this mean for you? Right? Like I'm creating the conversation that I want you to be a part of. I think that's what we're supposed to be doing. And I think that's what we mean yeah. when we say keep it responsive. Yeah, yeah, that's real practical. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So number number eight then is keep it creative. And that kind of builds right off of this. So you know, we have some opportunities now um, to do some things that are much different than than before. So, so number eight, keep it creative. Unpack that for us, Peter. How, how do we keep it yep. creative? What sort of options do we have now in an yeah. online setting that maybe we don't have in a live setting? Yeah. Keep it creative by, I would say this, the most practical, be a problem solver. I think creativity comes out of the, the reality that I'm going to solve a problem. And so I would say, um, get, do that, solve problems, um, gather inspiration from other accounts that you love and take what they're doing to the next level. That's honestly another way to be creative. And I think just... I, even going back to authenticity, I think you being who you generally are, laughing at the things that you think are funny, creating right. moments for students online, that's you being creative. I think also just um, 
just using platforms that you maybe have thought about using, but you never wanted to before, you never had the time to use before, jump into those things and start to create. Come on, you've seen iMovie on your desktop for like 20 years. You've had four <laughs> different MacBooks and you've never opened it up. Like never. open it up and see what you can do, you know? So I don't know, how, no, how do we understand this? How do we keep it creative? Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, so I'll say two things. One, to all of you that are watching right now, um, I, we would love to hear your creative ideas. So if you don't mind, just post them in the chat and, and we'll highlight some of them as we see them because I think we learn yeah. from one another, right? So 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 share some of your creative ideas. That would that would be great. Um secondly, I would just say, um, so let me let me unpack it like this. Um all of our go-to methods have been temporarily taken from us. And and so now we, we're forced into new platforms, new methods, new ways, right? Now, right. let me give you a spiritual context to this. You and I are not the first church leaders in history to ever have this happen to us. The apostle Paul had this happen to him, right? right. He was a house to house preacher, town to town, city to city, church planner, evangelist, apostle, prophet, all of the above, but it involved him traveling and speaking, you know, primarily. Um, then he ends up in a house prison situation in Rome and he begins to write his writing, a new method, mind you that he was forced into his writing was actually far more fruitful than his live preaching ever was. It's brilliant. Yeah. Think about that. No. I mean, I mean, you and yeah. I benefit, I mean, like we wouldn't have most of the new Testament if it wasn't for the fact that Paul had been forced to choose new methods. So, uh, so when it comes to creativity, start, stop thinking about what you can no longer do in, I don't have a live setting and a live sanctuary setting any longer. Stop thinking about what you can't do and start focusing on what you can do with a new platform that you've been given. So you've yeah. got opportunities. I mean, I, I, you and I could never co-host a show like this if it wasn't for this platform, right? You're in Michigan. I'm in Pennsylvania, but right, a new platform right. gives me new ideas. So real practical, you can invite more people into your live streams. You can do more with interviews. You can engage people on different levels. There's a lot of real creative things you can do. You just have to have the right view of, of this moment uh, as a leader and I think what you're going to find, I think what all of us are going to find as church leaders right now is that some of the methods that we're, we're going to be forced into during this season are going to prove themselves to be so uh, effective that we might continue to do it for years to come because we recognize that's actually a better method than some of the things that you know I have been doing. So, um, okay, two more. Let's roll through these and then um, and then we'll take some Q&A, right? So if you've got questions, okay. go ahead and pop it in. Um, and so two more. Uh, number nine. I'm gonna, I'm loving that you get to knock this one out of the park, Peter. Keep it gospel centered. Go. Yes, yes. <laughs> Keep it gospel centered. Um, the whole point of what we do is to help people become more like Jesus. We're introducing people to the lifestyle of Jesus, the ways of Jesus, and I think keeping it gospel centered is what keeps the message hot. Right? People are looking for hope like never before. I'm talking about there's students that we're yeah. reaching out into our community that we've never had the opportunity to minister to, and I, I think it would be tragic for us to put on a stream uh, that is helpful, very encouraging, and not share the hope that makes us get up every morning. Yep. I think keeping it gospel centered is, is not just keeping Jesus as a, um, as an idea, but introducing people to a person. Like if I was talking about Aaron right now, right? Like I would be able to describe him and be like, Hey, you need to go right here uh, to have a conversation with him. It's inviting people to encounter Jesus. Like he's a person because he is, 
And uh, man, every stream we do, (laughs) every stream we do should be attached to that, that there is hope for you, that the reason I'm so encouraged, the reason I'm so passionate is because of Jesus. Keep it gospel centered. You were brilliant at this, actually. Like, I love hearing you speak and, uh, and share the gospel message. So what, what are your thoughts on this, on keeping it gospel-centered uh, well, when ministering to an online so, audience, speaking to? So, yeah, I mean, th- I, I think this applies both online and offline audiences um, or, or online and live audiences, however you want to phrase it. Um, but but I had a mentor in my life. Uh, and I don't I, I honestly forget who it was. I just remember them saying to me, if, if um, when you're done preaching, do you want people to say, what a wonderful sermon? Or do you want them to say what a wonderful savior? Oh, come on! And and I and I, I mean I, I wish that was my own thought. I just I wish and I, if I if I knew who said it, I'd give credit to them. But I just I just well, remember, remember that being said, you, and I just bro, thought, you. Like, no, it wasn't. It was it was not me. Um, but it so impacted me that I just thought, man, that's like sometimes whether it's a live audience or an online audience, we're looking at the wrong metrics. We're, we're looking at did, in a live setting. Did people applaud? Did people, you know, shout me down? Did people say, man, that wasn't the dude you were on fire. Like all the phrases we use nowadays, do we look at those messages or, or do we see the fruit of, of Jesus being so lifted high in the way we're communicating that, that you and I as communicators fade into, <laughs> into the background and Jesus is lifted high in the midst of that. And I, and so that, that has for me, when you say keep it gospel centered, I'm like, that's it right there. It's, it's about, I want people to end listening to me for five minutes online or for 50 minutes in a live setting. That's really long unless you're really good, <laughs> but I gotta, I, I have to do that. Right. So one last tip, and then there's some questions coming in. So Peter unpack this last one for us. Number 10, keep it relevant keep it relevant i can't lie this is my favorite point because i think uh the church has a really great opportunity to speak exactly to where culture is and people are lining up to listen i think keeping it relevant um allows you as a communicator to put your hand on the pulse of what people are feeling and Mm. so what i say is is i'm not saying you should be addicted to the new cycle but know the new cycle know the big developments that are happening so that you can use god's word which is extremely relevant by the way to speak exactly into what people are feeling yeah keeping it relevant is not ignoring what's happening in culture it's inviting those experiences that people are actually having and then speaking to it uh, some of my favorite communicators man they are right in the middle uh, of of culture they're they're referencing not just the big moments they're referencing referencing the little details, right? Like there's a million inside jokes on TikTok, by the way, I'm not promoting TikTok, but I'm just saying that people, you know, when you bring those things to light as a youth pastor, when you make the little jokes that students are constantly making, they, they, they are drawn into what you're saying. I actually always start every stream making some kind of cultural reference or relevant joke because I want the students to know I care about where you're at and I care about what you're going through. Relevance is a big deal. Jesus spoke to the customs of the day, like directly yeah. where people are with, yeah. with principles and personal experiences yeah. and stories and parables. Like that's what we do. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Yeah. I'm fired up about that one. I love no, it. No, I, I love it. I'm just going to sit back. I'm taking notes. I'm just like, I'm like, where's the little fire emoji that I can like send out, you know, like just, um, I'll add one thought and then, and then we'll just go to some questions. So I just, relevance is a moving target. It's mm. always changing. 
and it changes from age to gender and to, to cultural situation that you find yourself in. And so for that reason, you know, you, you, you got to keep your pulse on who your people are, what, what's happening in their life. You know, I've, I've said to some different youth pastors that I've been coaching over the last couple of weeks, you know, like, like understand the context of who your group is. This is, and this, this applies not just if you're a youth pastor, but if you are a lead pastor as well, like understand that everybody is going through their own version of this current crisis that we're in. Right. right. Like, so for me, I have a personal version for my personal version is, is watching my daughter who's a senior in high school deal with all that she feels like she's missing out on. My personal version is watching my son struggle to figure out how to have his wedding in two and a half weeks and how many different versions of a wedding we've come up with now, you know, and so we all have our personal version, but we also have our professional version, which is people getting laid off or people, you know, like you have these, these huge extremes, right? One person's getting laid off and another person is working 20 hours a day right now. Right. So, you know, understand that that relevance is a moving target and and with that adjust your, your content accordingly. So, there's some great questions right. coming in here. So let me let me send this yeah. one to you first, Peter. This is from Alex. Um, Alex says, um, what's a good balance between addressing how to handle this issue of today versus what do we need to do today for a better tomorrow in the middle of this pandemic? So that's a hard question. And that's why I'm going to have yeah. you answer because I don't actually want to try to answer that question. <laughs> Alex, I love you. Alex is a youth pastor in Michigan. He's a great youth pastor, huge fan of who he is and what he does. Uh, what's a good balance between addressing how to handle this issue of today versus what we need to do for a better tomorrow? I think, um, I think this is, Aaron, you do have a lot to say about this. I think being practical, giving people practical steps to take to, to help them understand that they can make a difference, right? I've got to, in this time, turn everyone who will listen to me into a leader, and I've got to turn them on the offensive versus being on the defensive, right? Yeah. I've got to show them that, listen, you can make a difference, right? I've been encouraging my leaders every time I share with them. They're probably tired of me saying this, but I'm like, why don't you, instead of just tuning into me going live, why don't you go live? Why don't you share your thoughts? Why don't you step up and make some some comments that can really help some people. Why don't you try to be encouraging? I think to help us, the, the balance between this is to help turn people on the offenses, to help, you know, navigate next steps for people and to give them practical steps that are going to, to help us create, you know, and then I, I guess I'll say this, what I'm talking about is vision, right? Like I got to give pe- people a vision of what a better tomorrow could even look like. And then I got to empower them to help me create that, uh, i.e. turn them into a leader. I don't know if that helps, but what would you say, Aaron? Yeah. So uh, this question reminds me of um, a preaching class that I was in once and where the professor said that um, every every person in the world has vertical aspirations. So we have vertical aspirations like we want to discover our purpose in life. We want to overcome trials in life. We want to um, we want to connect with God. We want to have meaning. We want our life to produce something. So so there's a lot of different biblically speaking, vertical aspirations that we all have. But we all live horizontally. We live in horizontal reality. So I have a vertical aspiration that I want to accomplish something with my life and be fruitful, but I have the horizontal reality of I'm stuck in a pandemic in a stay-at-home quarantine. So I would just encourage you, Alex, that's where the gospel actually is most relevant, which is another question we're going to go to here from Dylan in a second. The gospel is most relevant when you can unlock someone's vertical um, like aspirations, but, but show where the gospel connects with horizontally where they're living at right now. Right. So like put it into like the context of a, of a student ministry real quick. You have students 
that want to accomplish something with their life, but they're horizontal, that's vertical, but their horizontal reality is I'm, I'm, I'm stuck in school right now, right? Okay. How does the gospel help me? How does, how does the Bible help me in that moment? Right? So, and there's a lot of ways that you can apply that. I wish if, if I knew I was going to talk about that, I would have put together like the little chart to kind of, to show it all there. Right. Um, that, that's just kind of my first thought there, but then Dylan asked a great question too. And Dylan's question is, you know, it's not really a question, but it's just an invitation for you and I like dive further into being relevant without being someone that you're not. Right. So I don't know if you've struggled with that. So let's hit this quick. And then I want to give like a bonus tip that I just kind of Holy Spirit gave me this morning. Yeah. And then we're going to end it because we're, we're like 40 minutes now. So we're, we're like a yeah. little past what you and I wanted to well, be. We're not we're not following all, our own advice to keep it short right now. Right. So first off, so, shout out to my man, Dylan Johnson. He you want to talk about unbelievable communicator. This dude is an unbelievable communicator. He actually won National Fine Arts Short Sermon two times in a row. Anyway, Ooh. yeah, I don't. So Dylan but Johnson. Did you win virtual it. fine arts? Because that's the <laughs> new challenge. <laughs> that's my guy. But dive further into being relevant without being someone you're not. I think that's the brilliance, right? When a youth pastor doesn't know what renegade is, but they're like, what is this renegade thing you guys keep doing, right? The students are laughing and you just tapped into something that you might not even understand, but you've heard. I, I think I think having um, a group of people around you that can help you peer into that can help you peer into um, what it looks like uh, to be a part of culture. If you're like, man, this is not me. I'm not on TikTok. I'm not on Instagram. Well, do you have people around you that can help you understand what is going on in culture so that you can be, uh, yeah. you know, available and to just make jokes about it, even if you don't get it. That's what I think. I think that's actually great, and I love when people do that. You know, yeah. like what is yeah. this? I remember when Old Town Road was a big song, right? You know, I mean, that that huge thing and. You Youth culture was, uh, it was crazy. Like that song was going nuts and it's still the most played song in history. Like right now, like it's crazy. And, uh, you know, my pastor got up and he's like, what is, is there's black cowboys now? You know, like that's awesome. <laughs> he had no idea what the song was about. He never heard it. But when yeah. he said it, everyone like went insane and he captured our attention. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and I think the older you, you get in like youth ministry or just ministry in general, the more you can tend to struggle with that idea of, am I losing relevance yeah. or whatever? So for me, and I'm, I'm, I'm several years ahead of you, Peter, in the journey, I'm not going to say how many, you know, but I'm 27. Um, what are you 28? Stop. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, remind yourself that there are some things that are always relevant. Yeah. The gospel is always relevant. Yeah. Love is always relevant. Mm -hmm. right? The presence of the Holy Spirit and the anointing on your life is always relevant. Like these are things that, 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 you know, that bridge the gap when I, when I don't know everything that's going on, right? Yeah. There are still things in my life that are not just relevant, but, but actually I think are probably even more powerful. So it's great that you, so that you and I can connect as communicators with understanding culture. And I, I totally believe in, in doing that. And so I'm always asking my teenage daughters, like, what does this word mean? <laughs> <laughs> Partially because I, I, I want to know what it means and partially because I don't want to say it and not know what it means. Um, <laughs> but, right. but also, um, so you good. know, kids, kids are looking and, and, and people, not just kids. I want, I want to apply this broadly. Um, people are looking for pastors and they're looking for shepherds and they're looking for spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers more than they're looking for someone who's, who's cool and relevant and can fit in, you exactly. know, with everything that's going on. Exactly. So exactly. Um, let me give you a bonus tip, bonus tip mm. and keep the mission. Keep the mission. I unpacked half of it for you already. The mission hasn't changed, friends. It's still the same. The methods are changing. 
not just temporarily, but maybe for, maybe for the long haul, the methods are changing. The mission hasn't changed. You and I are still called to preach the gospel. We're still called to to be missionaries in our in our in our hometown first and beyond. We're still called to baptize and to disciple and to, you know all the mission hasn't changed. We're just in a season where the methods are being shaken free. And maybe for some of us, that's actually a really good thing, right? So, yeah. so keep the mission. So Peter, um, real quick, one minute left. What are we going to talk about next week, Friday, next Friday at 11 a.m.? What are we going to talk yeah. about? We're going to talk about leading through chaos. Uh, we're going to talk about what it looks like uh, to be a leader that is still advancing the mission. We're going to talk about what it looks like to be a leader that's still developing um, leaders and to develop people. What does it look like to actually lead? We're going to talk about maybe even some rhythms uh, of what it looks like for uh, for pastors and leaders to lead at this time. And yeah. so that's going to be really awesome, awesome because we are going through a chaotic moment. And uh, you know, these tip this this probably podcast could uh, speak to some of it, but we're going in a different direction and we're going to help, uh, help you lead through yeah. this time. Um, yeah, it's gonna can, be good. We, can imagine, we can imagine the day, uh, when you are excited, uh, about what you're doing online, not just tolerating it, you know? So we're, yeah. we're, we're, pumped yeah, for that. we're going to help you do that. That's awesome. Awesome. Hey, great connecting with so many of you online. Those, those of you are posting comments, posting questions. We'd love for you to be a part of this again. This is going to be a weekly thing. Uh, Peter and I are co-hosting this together. Um, we're yes. going to use the uh, Lead the Generation platform to do that. If you're not familiar with Lead the Generation, you can go to our website, leadthegeneration.com. You can check us out, see what we're all about. Peter's been a big part of our ministry here for, for years. And um, so follow us at the Lead the Generation Facebook page or the YouTube channel so that you'll get notifications of you know future topics and future Facebook lives. And um, Peter, 15-second closing prayer. Ready, set, go. Yeah. Father, we thank you for everyone on the other side of the screen. We pray, God, that you would continue to encourage them and strengthen them and help them to know, God, that they are so needed, so necessary to lead in this moment. Help us, God, to lead this generation in your name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of LTG Live. And a special thanks to those that give generously to our ministry. It's people like you that make what we do possible. If you enjoyed this episode, consider investing at leadthegeneration.com as well as subscribing, sharing online, and tagging us at LTG Conference.